Your Creativity, Episode 51. In any creative process, once you commit to it, the magic starts to happen. You're listening to the Own Your Creativity podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Johnston. I'm an author, professor, and podcaster, and I help people tell their story. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm really excited today to be talking to Helene Osin, and uh, she is a multifaceted woman, but uh, one thing that we know for sure is that she has a passion and a mission to inspire women to love who they are, to own their power, and to create their best life. She has spent many years advising and styling women across the country, encouraging them on their lifelong journey to learn, transform, and expand life's experiences in pursuit of happiness and that perfect outfit. As a speaker, style expert, fashion 911 author, newspaper columnist, and television contributor, she dispenses both wisdom and wardrobe advice and are always true to the female experience way. Helene is a distinguished recipient of the Global Woman of Vision Award, honoring exceptional women. It is bestowed on leaders who have implemented their passion and whose personal dedication and actions inspire others to new levels of success. Helene uh, strives to stay true to herself in her ongoing discovery of who she is and what can be. She lives with her husband, Scotty, who makes her laugh in Calgary, Alberta. Welcome to the show. Thank you for the opportunity to chat with you today, Elizabeth. So I'd really like to know more about what it is that you do now. And I know that you have a new book that came out. And how does that mm -hmm. figure into what it is that you do currently? Because I know that you've worn many hats. And I they're all very lovely <laughs> over the years. But what is it that you do now? And how does that book fit into it? Well, you know, I spent probably 25 years uh, working my way up in the fashion retail world, but I've also always had a passion for listening to women and understanding their stories and trying to become the best that I can be and learn and grow from each other. So I decided a while ago that I really wanted to write this book as a, a side creative project. I, I'm a real estate agent here in Calgary, but I could never let go of, of that passion that I've always had in my life. And when I told a good friend of mine, who's an accomplished journalist, that I wanted to write Wear Your Life Well and talk about some life lessons and maybe throw in some bits of fashion in here and there, she said to me, Helene, those are two separate books. Yeah. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I, I knew that only I could put those words on the pages the way I did, because I didn't just write the stories, I lived them. And they are the essence of who I am and what would be on those pages. I didn't know, but I knew it would come from my own authenticity and inside. So I just started the process. I didn't exactly know how I was going to pull it all off. And then in any creative process, once you commit to it, the magic starts to happen. And so I started to write the stories and then they started to write me. And I trusted that it would all come together. And you know what? It did. My book is part memoir, part self-help, part fashion advice. It doesn't neatly fit into any box or category, and yet it resonates with so many women. And when I started, I had no idea what the end product was going to be. So one of the things that you do or did was uh, pajama parties. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you know, I started that 20 years ago, and we had pajama parties all across Canada, uh, even into Bermuda, um, at Fairmont Hotels and Resorts. And then about three years ago, I decided that, you know, in order for it to get even bigger than it was, um, I couldn't do it anymore. I didn't have the time. And so Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge approached me and asked if they could purchase it from me. And I said, sure, we could work something out. And they're still going. This is the 20th year. Uh, they have brought in big celebrity names to host it now, like Jan Arden and Chantal Kriviatsik. And I think this year, one of the bachelors there. Um, but, you know, it's a celebration of special times that women spend together and there's multi-generations of women who come together and just have a weekend off with no making beds, no responsibilities, no shoulds, no anything other than quality time with sometimes generations in one family or girlfriends book clubs or um, I, I know one uh, uh, employer sent all his female staff just for a weekend away as a thank you. So the pajama party is still going. I founded it, but I'm not doing it anymore. And so what are you going to be doing going forward with, with your book? Is there activities or are you on a book tour? Well, you know, um, I feel strongly about teaching, and I've always been a, a, a teacher and a speaker. And And while I don't claim to have the answers to life, um, what I can do is share stories with women. And so I have been a person whose whose life is full of transition and change and reinvention and I think that's part of creativity so I'm, I'm currently developing a program that I'm going to teach online and in person called life makeover inside and out and so it's about finding and accessing our own authenticity and also um, finding our own style because the two are the same our, the way we dress is an outer expression of who we are inside. And I, I don't think you can just say fashion is fluff. It's not. I am not a fashionista in any way, shape, or form. But I do know that if I feel good about the way I look, I have more confidence in other areas of my life as well. And sometimes we need to step back and and take a look at our life and where we've come from and where we're going and what we want to do and go into our own deep well of wisdom to figure out what's next for us. So that's what these classes will be about. I'm very excited. They're just about done. The book is being very well received. And I've also got a companion journal that I've created. That's a, a gift from me to any woman who wants it. You can get it on my website. And that's so that they can start asking themselves those questions of what do I want? Who am I? What's important to me? What makes me smile? What, what am I all about? Because I think creativity is a way of being, um, not necessarily doing so, staying curious and trying new things and, and looking at something and giving it a unique interpretation. That's what creativity is and that's what we all need to have in our lives. You know, and that might be a situation in life. It might be the way you uh, take photographs, the way you cook, the way you dance, Whatever is authentic to you, and once you discover that, you can spin it into living a creative life. And so how did you discover it and spin it into a creative life? Well, I'll give you a little story um, 
in a nutshell of, of how my life has evolved. My story is about change and transition, both personally and professionally. And at one point in time, I just had to decide that my life is my own. And I started connecting the dots. And those are the, the experiences that would take me to the next level and bridge the gap between what my reality was and my possibility was. Uh, my life journey hasn't been without challenges. Um, nobody's is. I'm the daughter of immigrant parents who came to Canada in 1952 or two from war-torn Europe. Uh, my father was tragically killed in an industrial accident when I was only seven. My mom who's still with us today, she's 85, is an amazing woman. She raised my brother and I on her own. Money was tight and she did what she had to do to get by. She never asked for a handout from anyone. So what I inherited from her was that immigrant mentality of hard work, take opportunities to better yourself and work to make the world a better place for everyone. So as I journeyed through my own life, you know, I survived two failed marriages and the loss of a business. I had to reinvent myself. There were lots of downtimes, but I've also enjoyed tremendous success and accomplishment and joy. And when I started in fashion retail, I, uh, you know, it goes back to spending Saturday afternoons at Fanny's Fabric with my mom. That was our special time because she was a trained seamstress and she was so late into the night uh, for her clients so that she could make ends meet and, and raise uh, my brother and I. And I find, I figured out that, you know what, I, I'm kind of good at that. And people started to say, well, can you dress me? Can you help me? And I thought, well, you know, having uh, a natural bend for it is one thing. So I decided that I needed to get more education. And I went to Los Angeles to Fashion Academy, came back and opened um, a consulting business here in Calgary. But Calgary is not Los Angeles. People are not going to pay what it would, you would need to have to run a business like that. So I thought, well, the only thing I can do is take it into the retail world. And so I did. I started um, uh, being a sales clerk and selling fashion on the retail floor. And then uh, so then they created a position and I was the image consultant of a very high-end designer uh, label store by day. But you know what? I was the cleaning lady in that same store every Sunday night so that I could support my two children and make sure we had enough money. I was a single mom. Nobody knew that, right? Then from there, I became a managing partner of an exclusive boutique um, because the a businessman who had bought the store for his wife, uh, and she didn't, unfortunately, have the talent or ability to run the business. So he asked around and said, well, who can I hire to um, come and manage this store? And I was working at Holt Renfrew at the time. He came and recruited me and uh, asked me to make the store what it could be. And I did. I managed the store. I was the fashion buyer. I'd fly to New York every season to buy the clothes that women saw on the racks. And yeah, I had large and loyal clientele. Actually, women would fly across the country to see me. Um, I was regularly quoted in newspapers and magazines. And I worked myself to the top over 20 some years of a very competitive industry, all because I would knock on the doors of opportunity and I would say yes to myself. But then as life sometimes does, um, I got a curveball because just as I was sort of at the pinnacle, the height of my career and the store was doing well, my partner announced that he was going to close the store because he was getting a divorce and the store no longer served a purpose in his life. He didn't want anything that reminded him of his ex-wife. And you know what? I had the talent, but he had the money. So I had no control over the situation. And it was like, oh, 
I was gobsmacked. Like, what am I going to do now? My my entire identity and sense of self was wrapped around the reputation that I had built myself over the career. And you know what? My financial life was in ruin. My future, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Everything changed overnight. I felt totally out of control. I started to lose interest in things. And, and I'm a pretty extroverted person, but suddenly I just didn't even want to be with the people and, and do the things that I enjoyed. So I had to reinvent myself again. I'd gotten past the point of working on a retail floor anymore. I, I couldn't go back to do that, but that's what I knew best. So I got a job as a program designer in adult education, and that was something that I had done before my foray into fashion. And I worked four days a week. It was good work. It was valuable work. And I'm uh, completely committed to lifelong learning, but there was still something sort of missing in my life, and I needed to bring that back. So for many years... I realized that what I was doing was not selling clothes, but I was helping women make friends with themselves to feel better about themselves through fashion. And I decided it was time that I would start to connect those dots and, and see how I could creatively do that. So after I picked up the pieces of my life, I decided that, you know, maybe I can spin this a new way and look at it from an on entrepreneurial angle. I was still working four days a week, but I started writing a weekly newspaper column for the Calgary Herald. I did weekly fashion 911 television segments on the Saturday morning breakfast show. I wrote my first book. I started to do speaking engagements. I created the pajama party. I did event management for corporate functions. I did whatever I needed to do that fed my soul and my passion. Where did you and find all the energy to do all of this? I don't know. I was much younger then. But, you know, I think when you're so committed and you so love what you do, it's not work. You know, it's just it it fuels you. It feeds you. And then I realized that I was starting to burn out. Okay. I mean, you get to that point. So I took the risk and, and decided I was going to leave the security of a, having a paycheck and, and become the boss of me. And, you know, then I decided, well, you know, I, I've got some of these things happening and, and, um, but I'm on my own. So I need to make sure that I can do the things that I absolutely love and still continue in an entrepreneurial way to do something that I will guarantee me some uh, good income as well. And, and so 15 years ago, um, I became a real estate agent. That's something I love because, again, I get the honor of working with people, helping them find that home, that essence of who they are. But I st I've always got three side gigs on the go because that's just who I am. And, you know, <clears throat> maybe it's a strength overdone, <laughs> but <laughs> um, it, that's what keeps me going. I, I get bored easily. And so I look for the things that I, I think are tremendously fun and just put them all together because I think you know it it really is a gig economy right now anyways right there's no stability in anything so we all need to find ways to feed our souls and and feed our bodies as well and and that's you know what I'm doing just like so many other people why do you think it's so important to feed both your body and your soul well you know there's so many people that just aren't happy and it's like they have everything, but they're walking around like, woe is me, because there's nothing that energizes them. There's nothing that excites them. They're scared to try things, maybe because of fear of failure, or maybe because 
you know, the world expects us to be one way and, and they really want to do something else, but somebody might judge them for it. It's sad, but true. And and so you need to gather up the courage and the creativity to decide this is my life and this is what I want to do. And while I don't know what the outcome is going to be, it could be good or it could be bad. Trying to find what makes me happy is more important than spending my time being unhappy. Mm, yeah, that's a really good point. And I think that, you know, we, we only get one life and we don't want yeah. to be looking back on it, thinking about all the things that we wish we had have ventured. Exactly. You know, I, I've tried a lot of things that didn't work out as well as I'd hoped, but I learned and I grew from each of them. And each of those were another stepping stone toward what it is that I'm doing now. I love speaking. I love teaching. I love writing. I love real estate. I love my life. I love my husband. I love my kids. Life is good. What's the I, best I, advice that you've ever received? Well, I thought about that uh, for quite a while, actually. And I think it came from my mother, who lived a very hard life and survived unimaginable circumstances during the war. And then uh, here in Canada, she was widowed at the age of 29. Um, and she lives her life with a resolve and an indomitable spirit. One thing she and my grandmother never, ever did was abandon their hopes and dreams. And I can hear her voice um, in my head with her heavy German accent. And she always says, daughter, we're survivors. If you look to the future and the good in life, you will always find it. And that is what sits in my head. That's, I think, the best advice that I've ever had. Wow, that gives me goosebumps. Yeah. You know, the wisdom of our mothers and our parents um, is something that we shouldn't overlook. And the wisdom of our own stories and what we can pass on to the next generations is, is an important thing. Because in a world where we're so connected um, with technology and, and all the other stuff that we have, sometimes it gets less personal. And when you think about our ancestors, I mean, they told each other stories and life experiences in order to add a layer of richness to their life, right? They gave each other insight, they entertained each other, and they engaged with each other in times of celebrations or trials or mourning. But sharing real life stories was important in forging friendships and, and families and communities. And it brings people together in an intimacy. And, and so I like to look back to my roots and to the women in my life that have made a difference and, and take the wisdom from them. And I want to take the responsibility of passing it on to my granddaughters and, and grandsons. Yeah, I think that those family stories are actually a way of feeding your soul as well. Yes, I think so too. Can you share one of your personal habits that contributes to your creative success? Well... <clears throat> When I get an idea, I don't overthink it and dwell on the why. I think, again, maybe a strength overdone is I immediately go to, well, why not? And then I go about learning what I can about it. I'm online learning or taking classes or talking to people. And like I said, sometimes it works perfectly. Other times it doesn't. But I don't procrastinate. And I think that's probably uh, a good thing because it's easy to talk yourself out of something. Yeah, and I think right. that that you really learn 
the best when you have an idea and you immediately put it into action. Because if you just sit there and think about it, then there's all sorts of reasons about why you won't do it. (laughs) Yes. And then the more people you tell about it, then, you know, you're getting advice from all kinds of people who have never even attempted to try what you're trying to do. And then they might, you know, caution you and say, be careful. And and I think you just have to do a, a, what does your gut say? Check. And then do a reality check around it as well. But creativity is about taking risks and chances and and living your life bigger and bolder. Yeah, and I think the point about talking to too many people can actually be is kind of soul crushing because because really who you ask kind of it's already predetermined what they'll say. You know, we we exactly. know the people in our lives who are risk takers and the people who aren't. And you know, if we're we're talking to a conservative person, then we're probably you know, not going to follow through on that. We're already sort of setting ourselves up for that. You're so right, Elizabeth. And, you know, we spend too much time looking for validation outside ourselves instead of validating ourselves for our own thoughts and feelings and and desires and outcomes. We give it away. And, you know, I, I like to say to women, take yourself off the discount rack and go for what it is that you want to do. Yeah, that's a great image. Take yourself off the discount rack. I love yeah. it. So is there a person who inspires you to be creative? And that person can be living or not and somebody that you know or not. Well, you know, I don't think there is one person. I think it's collectively the women that are out there doing it, you know, and some of them are female first in history, like like Amelia Earhart. You know, she was a pioneer in aviation. She wrote best-selling books and she designed her own clothes. So the way I see it, I can have important things to say and do and I can my make, make my own mark on the world wearing beautiful clothes. I, I look at the quirky things for people. There are peacekeepers and storytellers alive today and activists and leaders and healers and artists. And any woman who's engaged in making our world a better place, might be Malala or Meryl Streep or... Anyone else who just has the courage to be themselves, I look at them and the way they're living their lives and their stories, I think, dare me to ponder what I want to accomplish and why. Do you have a favorite work of art? I love a lot of art um, in many forms. I have quite an eclectic taste. I tend to be a very visual person. You're probably not surprised by that. But if I were to describe one painting that actually tugs at me, I think it would be the Mona Lisa. And the, the reason is that that smile of hers, sometimes I look at it and I think that she has a secret, like she knows something and she won't tell. And I think that that is the secret of life because that smile is a, is a content and happy look. She, you know, she appears to be a common woman because her clothing doesn't say that she has an aristocratic status or anything. But there's something about her that looks complex and confident. And I think, what a wonderful combination for any woman to have. So, yeah, I'd pick the Mona Lisa. I'm sure she'll never hang on a wall in my house. But, you know, (laughs) um, she inspires me. And do you have a favorite quote that inspires you? Well, again, you know, that can change from day to day. It it depends on what I need to hear that day. It's the same as stories. I'm not the same person that I was last year or will be next year. 
So the message of the day that resonates with me as to where I am on my own journey uh, of self-discovery actually is something uh, just spoken by Jodie Foster. And she says, I'm not interested in being perfect when I'm older. I'm interested in having a narrative. It's the narrative that's really the most beautiful thing about women. That speaks to me. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else that you would like to share with us before we wrap up? Uh, No. Um, uh, I just want to leave you with one thought to anyone who's listening, and that is to always remember that the best days of your life haven't happened yet. Oh, lovely. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Elizabeth. I enjoyed it. 